Hello and thank you for logging on to the Memory Gauge, your new favourite Digimon card game podcast. I'm your host Connor and today we are continuing our colour theory series. This is the series where we take an in-depth look at each colour in the Digimon card game one by one. How it runs, what are the themes and how best to build a deck using it. Of course, this is a huge undertaking, so each week we're being joined by a very special guest lecturer to help us out. And this week we are tackling purple with none other than Joe Dobby. It's an awesome episode and I can't wait for you all to hear it. But first, exciting news. We're coming up on the one year anniversary of the first episode of the Memory Gauge podcast, one year since this show began. And to celebrate this huge occasion, we're hosting a webcam-based tournament over on the Memory Gauge Discord server. The tournament will begin 7pm on Friday, October 2nd, EST. That's 9am on Saturday, October 23rd, AEST, for my Oceania friends. It is free to sign up. Participation is open to anyone and everyone. And there is some really cool prizing. Everyone in the top eight will receive a booster pack of the latest set. Everyone in the top three are going to receive a custom Memory Gauge podcast exclusive playmat designed by the amazing artist Jack Clark. It features a Dark Tyrannomon in the style of Agumon Expert, teaching card game theory to Agumon and Gabumon. It looks beautiful and it's loaded with references to this very podcast, so it really is a one-of-a-kind item. And finally, the winner of the event will be invited to be a guest on an episode of this very podcast where we will talk about their winning deck list, all of their matchups from the day, and just their Digimon card game story in general. I'm really looking forward to it, and I hope you're all excited about it as well. So remember, registration for the tournament is now open. Link is in the show notes and on all of our socials. Registration is free, open to everyone, October 22nd, 7pm EST, or October 23rd, 9am AEST. Hope to see you all there. And now for our main topic, we have this week, once again... A new entry in our color theory series. This is, of course, the series where we take an in-depth look at each color in the Digimon card game. And that's a really big job. So each week we invite somebody from the Digimon card game community on to be sort of a guest lecturer and expert in that week's color. So today we're taking a look at purple. And to help us out, we have Joe Dobby with us. So how's it going, Joe Dobby? Hey, Connor, I'm doing pretty good. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And um, yeah, purple's my thing. So I'm just excited to get this uh, to get this going. <laughs> oh, man. Very, very pleased to have you on. Was really excited when you, were, when you got back to me. I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. And yeah, it's just always really nice to talk to people about the color that they're passionate about, which is has been an unexpected side benefit of this series, I think. Like, people just get really excited about their favorite colors. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's it's just one of those things that you can kind of grow attached to over time when you start playing the game because your favorite Digimon tend to um, end up in specific colors. And if that's your favorite color too, then it's just double win, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so before we get into that, uh, do you want to tell the listeners who may not know, what, what do you do with the Digimon card game? What kinds of things are you involved with? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, so, guys, I'm Joe Dobby, J-O-D-O-B-B-I. And in addition to um, just playing the game and playing it at a very uh, competitive kind of like level, I also create content. So I'm on YouTube um, and Twitch. And um, just recently, within the last month or so, I've started to run um, tournaments for my little community that I've made in my Discord. So people who have supported me, kind of like, you know, just watch the streams on Twitch and whatnot. You know, we've we've managed to grow and um, been hosting weeklies for them just for fun. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, definitely worth... I'll put all the links to all of that, obviously, down in the show notes because I really would highly recommend that our listeners check that out because you do some really, really cool stuff. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, obviously today we're here to talk about purple specifically. Uh, you did have you did have a few choices. We've done a few of these now, but you know there were a few choices of color. But you asked to do purple, so I guess what what is it that draws you to purple as a color? Yeah, for sure. So, um, purple. I mean, speaking outside of the card game, is just one of my favorite colors in general. It's like purple, black, and white for me are my favorite colors. Um, nice. But when <laughs> yeah. But when the card game came out, um, I saw the booster uh, booster set one Metalgar, and I saw one in blue and one in purple, and I really loved the the recursion ability that the other Metal Garurumon had, and I was just so excited to see that Metal Garurumon, my one of my top favorite Digimon ever, in purple as well. So I had to jump on the color, and I love all the mechanics in it, and it's oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's it really is a very cool color. And I think of all the colors, purple seems to be the one that, like, the people who are passionate about it seem to be really passionate about playing purple. I know I have at least one person at my locals who I have not seen him play anything except purple decks since, like, <laughs> beat way back in 1.0. It's just been purple the whole way through. He's just committed to it. And I, I haven't seen that with any other color. Like everybody else has swapped around, but the purple guy, he's like, nah, I'm purple, ride or die. Like... <laughs> I, I'm on the same boat as he is or, or she is. So as soon as the release happened in BT 1.0, I hopped on purple and I've only played purple at Bandai events um, and uh, other major competitive events since. Uh, it was a it was a rough start with the Omnimon meta, but we we're here, we're here, guys. We're BT five. <laughs> oh, it's it's turned around since then. Those, yeah, it's def- things have definitely got a lot better. Uh, you alluded before to the fact that there's lots of different reasons to pick a favorite color, and one of them is about the Digimon that you find in there and the aesthetics of the color, rather than anything about the gameplay. So, uh, can you tell us a bit about the aesthetics of purple and what kind of Digimon we'd usually find in purple? Yeah, of course. So, um, I like that purple has a lot of the villain Digimon in the universe. So you've got your Devimon lines, your Myotismon lines, and and like um, your Tapermon and and Vilemon and all the Digimon that you've kind of like grown to see in the anime as the bad guys. You'll see them all in purple, right? Um, and I was pretty much drawn to like the Devimon line and all that just because, you know, in the universe, they're all just data at the end of the day. I like to see Devimon as the misunderstood 
piece of data. <laughs> he didn't mean to be Devimon, but coding ended up, you know, turning him into Devimon instead of a Gabumon. <laughs> Here he is. Uh, <laughs> but um, in addition to that, you also later on in the set start to see the kind of like the dark side of the good Digimon um, in purple as well. So you start to see things like Black Metal Garurumon and, and Black War Growlmon and Chaos Gallopmon, Megidramon. You get to see the the dark sides of uh, of the of the uh, main Digimon in the in the animes. So yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's something that's just really like really magnetic about bad guys and villains. It could be fun to play the <laughs> bad guy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um. So. And of course, there's some really cool mechanics in purple as well. It's not just all the fun of being a bad guy, but like I feel like the mechanics really work to give that kind of feeling when you're playing purple as well. So do you want to tell us a bit about the mechanics that you'll find in purple? For sure, yeah. So I can mention a few mechanics. And one of the things that I love about this game is it's it caters to the people who have watched the anime and played the games like, the villains are going to have villain-esque mechanics, um, and it's it just fits. And as you're playing the game, you really feel like you're actually in a Digimon battle. So, for example, um, Devimon, one of the villains in the Digimon universe, in, in the card game, he's got a mechanic called Retaliation, where if he battles a Digimon and loses the battle, he actually destroys the Digimon he battles. So now you've got some... Uh, dark or evil Digimon here who, you know, when losing tries to drag down everything that he can around him and matches that aesthetic. And uh, and I think that's a very, very cool mechanic as well because, you know, from a player's standpoint, you know, uh, it, it leads to a lot of decision trees moving forward from that single decision of deciding to crash into a Digimon and take them down with you, you know. You get to really live that villain, <laughs> villain aesthetic in the card game. Um, uh, one of the main mechanics as well is being able to play things from trash. If you can associate the the trash as in other TCGs or card games like their graveyard, for instance, once again, it's going into that aesthetic of zombies or or you know these devils or little demons that end up coming back from the grave uh, and and wreaking havoc in the card game. So. That's another wonderful mechanic that that really fits into that whole purple aesthetic. Um, another thing too is um, it's good at control. So one of the mechanics in purple as well is taking away your resources, which is something that is so so bad guy, right? <laughs> like just every time you do something, you get punished. Like you lose a memory, you know. So memory is the main resource in the card game, and Losing that for any little thing you do seems like such a villain thing to do. As well as um, mechanics where you sacrifice one of your own Digimon to trigger a very powerful skill like destroying one of your opponent's other Digimon or maybe even two Digimon. And um, it's, 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 it, these mechanics really all tie into this wonderful aesthetic and I really like it. Oh yeah, there's something that feels so just devious about like sacrificing your minion in order to yeah. do something. And I feel like the Digimon villains do that a lot. Like they they are just so willing to just completely vaporize their minions if they 
yeah, to some, go get yeah. them something, or if, even if they just annoy them, <laughs> they can be pretty callous. <laughs> some of these Digimon bad guys. Yeah, sometimes it's not about it's not about winning; it's about not letting you win with purple. <laughs> yeah, um, we've I guess we've kind of touched on it as we talked about the mechanics, but could you tell us what what are the things that purple is kind of good at? What are some of purple's real strengths when you're building around it? What do you know you're going to be good at? Yeah, so um, one of the main things that Purple excels in is being able to cycle through your deck and see a lot of your pieces. So there's a lot of on-deletion, draw something, or on-play, draw something. So you get a lot of draw power in Purple, um, in addition to the natural draw power you get at the start of your turn or through Digivolution. Um, In addition to that, Purple has a very powerful mechanic where you can discard cards. You can make deliberate decisions on which cards you want to throw away um, into the graveyard, which you could potentially summon later into the game. And um, that is a very, very key strength because it allows you to accelerate through your deck and pretty much see pieces faster than your opponent potentially. Because Purple tends to be one of those um, decks that that uh, are very reactive decks and being yeah. able to get the jump or catch up even through all that draw and trash power is really really big as a strength. Yeah, especially because you've got so much recursion that you can at times you can almost treat your trash just like nearly an extension of your hand. Like the cards there are not lost to you in the same way they are in other other colors and other strategies as you say. So 100%. Yep. For sure. And and that extension of your hand is, I think, a very great way to put it. But it's not all not all good news. Obviously, each color has to be kept in check somehow. So why don't you run us through some of the things that people need to watch out for when they're building purple? What are some of the weaknesses of the color? For sure. So I think from a deck building standpoint, one of the very subtle weaknesses in building a purple deck is because you have so many... Um, options or ways to do things or hit a win condition, you might get overwhelmed when you see a bunch of the different option cards and Digimon. And sometimes when you end up with a finished product or a deck that you've built, it might look a little unrefined in a sense that it wants to do too many things at once. And that's just a consequence of the great card pool that Purple has. It's kind of a strength, but a weakness to an inexperienced deck builder. And that, uh, so in addition to like that, you really have to test the deck over and over again in order to refine purple to its, to, to meet your specific play style. So it does require a lot, a lot of practice, um, when comparing, um, when compared to like other colors, which, in which their win conditions are a little bit more straightforward. Um, another weakness is, um, a lot of the effects that trigger great um, benefits to you require like that sacrifice mechanic. So yeah, uh, in a game where you really have to swing and attack your opponent five, six times to secure the game, everybody on your side of the field counts. And when you're trashing one or discarding one to resolve an effect, sometimes um, it's it's more of a detriment than a benefit to you. So you have to develop the the skill of balancing out the timing of when you start playing your these self-destruction effects <laughs> to resolve something greater and um 
I guess another weakness is purple is a very reactive deck in a sense that as opposed to having a very specific win condition, um, purple tends to react to what happens on the other side of the board or reacts to what your opponent is doing. Um, it denies your opponent of making plays just long enough for you to develop a big swing in momentum and turn the game around. And if you don't see your pieces early, it can be very, very... Um, it's pretty much just watching your opponent win, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, definitely. One of the... um, There's, there's a lot of decks in purple currently as we come into BT5 that, yeah, seem to be sort of have a lot of combos in it. So you need not just to find like one card, but you're kind of trying to find maybe a few cards and get a, you're trying to set up something that's a lot more specific sometimes than a lot of other decks. Like a lot, like red just wants to bash your face in, like build one big thing and just swing. And that's pretty easy. But purple sometimes needs to have two or three different kind of pieces on the go. You need to get them in the right order. I know I've got a friend who's recently built a purple deck for BT5. He wasn't intending to. He wanted to build blue, but he didn't pull the pieces, but he pulled a lot of purple. So he's trying it out. And he says, like, I don't know. The deck's really good, but he says he doesn't know if he could play it at a bigger tournament because, as you say, there's so many decision points. There's so much you need to be thinking about. He just finds it exhausting to play for a really long time. Yeah. So he's like, I love the deck, but I don't know if I can bring it to an event because my brain will be fried by the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's actually a very good point you brought up. Like One of the main weaknesses as well to the player is it can be very, very mentally exhausting. Um, I've probably played in over six to eight pro play games events. Um, well, to be honest, I've probably played in about 20 major tournaments <laughs> of over 200 people since the game started. So I've probably played eight rounds of Digimon, high competitive Digimon games about 20 times <laughs> over the course of a couple months. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it can be very complicated and tiring. <laughs> I'm I'm very impressed. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, um, when people are looking to build their purple decks, one of the things I like to ask about with these colors is, um, what are some of the staple cards that we might be looking at? Those cards that kind of you've got to make a conscious decision not to include it because it's just, this is a really good card. It goes in lots of stuff. Does purple have cards like that? Um, yeah, so personally, um, because I'm part of a team called Team Never Spark, which actually I created, <laughs> Team Never Spark has Gazimon as one of its main mascots, and I think Gazimon is a very important card to have in purple. At least yeah. have one Gazimon in all your decks. And the reason why is because, once again, purple is a very reactive kind of like deck, and Gazimon has an effect that pretty much limits the amount of memory your opponents can gain by limiting them to only gaining memory from tamer effects, which means any memory gains that happen on the battle line or through Digimon effects or option cards just don't trigger. So you can protect yourself for a few turns and actually prevent your opponent from advancing into their win condition by just dropping that Gazimon there, which is just a 2000k DP Digimon rookie level and just leaving it there for the entire game, depending on the matchup. <laughs> um, the fact that you can also trash Gazimon and potentially bring it back out later in the game when you need it, or when you think the matchup um, 
leads to where Gazimon has a higher purpose um, can also be very beneficial. So not every card, uh, not every must-have card is general is pretty much a dead card, so to speak, because you can always trash it through purple, which is what makes also purple very versatile. So in addition to Gazimon, ooh, I think right now Lady Devimon is a very important yeah. card to run. Um, yeah, she's an 8k DP level 5 Digimon that has the when digivolving effect of draw two cards and then trash two cards, which is very, very good for cycling your deck and getting key pieces into your trash. And her inheritable effect is that when you use an option card, so when you complete using an option card, you can actually destroy a level 3 Digimon. And I think that plays into a lot of matchups, such as, you know, your Lord Nightmons or, or your Rookie Rush or these types of decks that, you know, um, use things like Download uh, in green, for example. So being able to limit the ability to continue or progress in a board state is there is pretty much what Lady Devimon does as an inheritable ability. Um, in addition to Gazi and Lady Devi, I think Matt is absolutely important. So Matt is a four-cost uh, tamer, which is um, a memory tamer, so it just resets you to three at the start of your turn. But his on-play ability is that you can actually take an option card or a Digimon card, so long as they're purple, um, and add it back to your hand from the trash pile. So that actually allows you to cycle through that deck um, a lot better and get through pieces in the trash that you might have been forced to get rid of. Um, and that's that's where that value is, really, and being able to get a, a key piece back um, and resetting your memory to three is very big, too. So definitely Gazimon, Lady Devimon, Matt, and... Um, Honestly, I think the two-cost purples are really good, too. So the rookies that um, are two-cost um, to play, two-memory to play, because you're going to use a lot of these two-cost Digimon as um, sacrifice fodder when you want to resolve certain effects. So, you know, being able to play your Candlemons and your Devimons or your Demi-Devimons um, over the course of, you know, three, four memory can really allow you to continue to extend your plays without sacrificing a larger piece that is on the board. Yeah, and it, I guess going back to the Matt, I just did a little quick search because I was curious. Matt also being the only memory tamer currently in purple probably makes him oh, yeah. fairly vital to a, a lot of strategies. If you want consistent memory at the start of your turn, Matt is kind of your option in purple. It doesn't currently have any other uh, tamers that gain you memory in any kind of way. I guess you can tech in something else, but if you want something that is purple, Matt's your guy. 100%. And you know what? Here's another thing. Like, purple tends to need their memory tamer a lot more than other colors do because, once again, you're kind of playing from behind and um, you're reacting to what your opponent does and being able to start at three memory can really go a long way in being able to stop your opponent from progressing and then getting you into that momentum and getting your swing um, to win the game without, you know, seeding too much memory over to your opponent's side when you end your turn. Yeah, definitely. Um, talking more about building purple decks now, we, with these episodes, I do like to talk about what kind of level ratios the colors use. And for the yep. most part, 
they're pretty consistent across the colors, but I get the feeling the purple can go maybe a bit further outside of the usual than mm-hmm. maybe some of the other colors. So why don't we talk about when you're building a purple deck, what are the ratios usually look like for you? Or what do you think are some good ratios in purple? Sure. Um, let me ask one quick question, though. On average, what are you seeing for ratios? Um, I would say that the the average is usually 12 to 14 level 3s, 12 to 14 rookies, uh, 10 to 12 level 4s, usually around 8 level 5s, 4 to 6 level 6s, uh, 2 to 4 level 7s, and then the rest options and tamers. I think usually mm-hmm. coming into BT5, I'm seeing more tamers than options, but that's very deck dependent. But those are the usual kind of numbers, I would say. Yeah, and you know what? Purple tends to fall into that category as well. So um, a little bit less so than other decks because of the amount of op- option cards that you actually have access to. So I think a safe bet for purple is if you can stay in the... 40 to 42 card range for Digimon and have the remaining eight cards be either options or tamers, then you're pretty much um, good to go because you don't sacrifice too much consistency in getting your Digimon pieces and you still get to play a good amount of options. Like green, for example, is really stuck on just limiting the amount of tamers and options and having like 45 to even 46 Digimon um, just so they can see their pieces and we actually get the luxury of draw power, which allows us to sacrifice a little bit of our Digimon pieces in order to make way for very important game-changing things in the option cards or even Tamer's side. Um, but generally right now, I start off when I build a deck with 13 rookies, 11 um, champions, so level 4s, 7 level 5s, uh, 6 level sixes, so megas, yeah. and two um, two level seven Digimon, so either Millennium Mon, Zwart, Zwart D, what have you, um, two tamers, so it'll be two mats more, more, more often than not, and then the remaining cards would be um, option cards in the form of either removal or play extensions like Jack Raid. Um, however, you know, once I build that skeleton through testing, you figure out maybe I need more level 5, so I'll add one, see how it goes. Maybe I need a level 6, because I'm missing. And then we'll see how it goes, but yeah, generally that's the ratio. Yeah, so I guess the big takeaway is that you do have that room in purple, as you say, to be use a few more option cards than you might use in other colours. Purple's generally pretty happy to have a few more options, and it's got some pretty strong ones as well. So you're, yeah, as you say, because because it's got such strong option cards and because you see so much of your deck you don't need to play as many digimon because you don't need that consistency of like you know you'll see enough cards that you will see your digimon you don't need to overload to guarantee that you see them the way that you might in some other decks yeah exactly so there is that once again that extra draw power that'll help um kind of see your pieces all right so the last thing I'd like to talk about, we've j- come into BT5. It, we've had it, I think it's about a week at the time of this recording. I might be wrong. I haven't got to play in person a lot, so I might be off, but not for very long. But I think Purple's seeing a real um, 
Purple's getting really good in this current set, I think. So could you tell us about some of the current strong purple decks? If somebody wants to build a purple deck for BT5, what are they looking to build? So um, a really strong but very, very complicated deck to play is Lilith Loop, where you exploit Lilith Mon's um, ability to gain two memory back whenever you play an option card. And you use cards like Jack Raid, which gain you a memory for every 10 cards in your trash, as uh, to generally gain two plus how many ever like cards are in your trash with Lilith Mon as a combination in order to play out um, uh, Omnimon's Wart, which then allows you to build into a large board, potentially digivolving back into Lilith Mon and doing the effect over and over again until you have a board so wide and so huge in terms of DP in one single turn that it's really hard for your opponent to remove everything in one go or in a few turns. And by then you probably would have won by now. But the decision lines involved are very, very complicated. It's not the most consistent deck, but there are ways to get around that to build consistency. Um, so definitely try it. It's very complicated fun. It's very fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it feels very good when you pull the combo off. you got to have Mega Digimon Fusion to run it very, very well and some white, op- uh, white Tamer cards as well. But yeah, it's super fun. Um, I am personally running a Crest Garurumon purple deck um, from the, stru- uh, the structure deck. Yeah. And uh, it's an uh, OTK deck, so it's a one-turn kill deck, where I can have Crest Garurumon swing for two checks um, and then unsuspend by trashing a Digimon from like War Growlmon or where Garurumon's effect, swing again for another two checks, and then using like Demonic Disaster, which is a one-cost option that sacrifices a Digimon to unsuspend another time and then swing again. Um, so it's a very, very powerful combo because it you can exploit the the restand ability in uh, in purple right now to use Kreskurumon to really win you the game in one big turn. Um, another really good deck right now is the Chaos Gallantmon deck. Um, Chaos Gallopmon is a very, very powerful Digimon. I love Chaos Gallopmon as a Digimon myself. And um, when paired with cards like Anubismon, you can actually have your rookie Digimon swing at security and then resolving Chaos Gallopmon's effect that when one of your Digimon die, once per turn you can play a level 3 Digimon. And if it comes out when Anubis is on the board, that level 3 will have Rush again. So it can actually swing into security another time before your Megas actually swing, reducing the risk of of Anubis and Chaos Gallant to uh, their chances that they'd actually die through a security check. So those are the three really yeah. powerful that decks a, right now. I have in my seen opinion. a couple of versions. Of um, that, there's and that definitely really more. As well, the um, there's one that's mon. just and Anubis Mon and like Sword, where you pretty be, much develop a wide board and you even run Lusamon in it for recovery it's, it's like a lot because Anubis Mon actually allows you to play a level three Digimon when Digivolved. Um, and if it's still your turn, it's got Rush. So if you can bring out a Lusamon, give it Rush, <laughs> and then have it swing for 10k as you've recovered one. So that's a very, very powerful effect as well that you can kind of use to your advantage. Lusamon's actually a yellow card, but because there's no color restriction on that when evolving effect, Anubismon can be a very, very powerful um, tool 
for for decks. Yeah, Anubismon, very very cool, um, mm-hmm. and that art as well, just beautiful. So, if you're a person who appreciates the art of this game, Anubismon has probably one of my favorite pieces of art as well. Just as an aside, it just looks so cool against that full moon. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I know. I just like to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's oh man, it's awesome. Definitely. Ah. Oh. Wow. Purple. It obviously a really yeah a lot of fun. There's a lot of different ways you can go with purple. I think in those decks you just described there, there was like a really complicated combo deck, and an OTK deck, and. <laughs> like a recursion deck. So really versatile in yeah. the way that you can build it. It seems. Yeah. It's, it's super diverse, which is just, just awesome. Um, and sometimes it's just fun to be the bad guy. As we said, if you want to, if you want to <laughs> capture that feeling of like kind of having everything under control and, uh, you know, being that kind of villain, or if you're just looking for something yeah. that's definitely going to be really powerful in BT5, I think take a look at Purple. Yeah, if you, if you were the kid that grew up uh, seeing your friends build Lego pieces and you were the kid that tore them down and watched them build it all over again, the Purple's for you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You I'm can... just kidding. No, nah, it, it is a lot of fun. Um, so... It is a little bit. <laughs> it, uh. So thank you for coming on today. Is there anything uh, that you want our listeners to check out? Anything of yours that you are proud of, maybe want to share with us? Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, if you guys are interested in watching Purple gameplay or any other deck gameplay, it's going to be 95% Purple, though. Um, <laughs> you can catch me on my Twitch stream. It's just Joe Dobby, J-O-D-O-B-B-I. Um, I'm also on Twitter where I can use, like, I use it mainly just for stream schedules or anything interesting that I find about Digimon. I tend to tweet it out, retweet it. And um, I've got my own Discord and YouTube channel. So it's all the same name, just Joe Dobby. My Twitter is Dobby Joe. So it's D-O-B-B-I-J-O. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for having me. It it was really a pleasure talking to you and uh, talking about Purple because it's just one of the things I love doing. No, as as I said, just having people come on and talk about the the colors of the game that they're passionate about is always a really good time. And yeah, thank you for coming on. I was very excited to have you on because, as I said to you listeners, uh, Joe Dobby does some really cool stuff. So you would be doing yourself a disservice not to go and check all of those things out. Uh, do you have a question for our listeners? Because they've heard enough from us. Now we want to hear from them. Uh, yeah. Did you have a question that you wanted to ask? Hmm, so to your listeners, um what is a hmm oh I got one. Yeah. What is a purple deck that you guys want to see me build um Ooh. for my next kind of deck profile on YouTube? Oh heck yes. Yeah. That is a great one. <laughs> so yeah, definitely make sure to get those answers in because I'm sure there's some really cool stuff that uh we could get jw to build so do get those answers in uh you can tweet them to me over on twitter or you can post them in the memory gauge facebook group would really love to hear your thoughts on uh yeah 
what what purple deck you think Joe Dobby should build. And if you have any questions, feedback, comments, or concerns, you can tweet at me at Connor EFMG, email me at memorygagepodcast at gmail.com, or join our Facebook group, Memory Gage Podcast, or go and join our new Discord server. The links to all of that will be in the show notes. As I say, we're always happy to hear from you listeners. New episodes of this show come out each and every week, so please make sure to follow the Memory Gauge podcast on your podcast service of choice so you can stay up to date. Thank you so much for listening. This is the Memory Gauge, logging out.